Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more. From the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. How D, hour number two. If you missed anything in hour number one, listen on the podcast. Tutel Nuanez podcast available wherever you get your podcast. You can listen all the time at your leisure. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that. The podcast brought to us by Blackfoot Communications. If you'd like to uh, pick up your phone and call, you can do that, 361-3688, 361-3688. You can also uh, text that phone number. All guests join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. And you can listen live all the time on the World Wide Web. What a marvel. What, a, what an invention. You think they can invent one of those at SpawnCon Saturday, another internet? Uh, That'd be amazing. It would be amazing. I mean, the first one's pretty good. I guess we're past the very first one now. Uh, the... Uh, Website, 1029ESPN.com. You go there, you listen live on the Listen Live tab. The stream is available to you all the time. Thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank. Your opportunity. Coulter, number of things that I want to get to with you here, mm-hmm. uh, but just want to start. Lou Brock passing uh, over the weekend at the age of 81. A Hall of Fame baseball player, Hall of Fame individual, and uh, one of the great, great, ball players in the history of baseball i mean he's one of the sort of dot connectors right when you talk about the history of the game lou brock absolutely i mean i mentioned to you because you were bemoaning the fact that he played for the cardinals as a staunch cubs fan that you are but lou brock actually started his career for the chicago cubs in 1961 at the age of 22 
and he was known for his speed and base running instincts, which definitely maintained throughout his career. But he was also kind of the, one of the first guys that was known for both speed and power. But he really emphasized the power early in his career, and it def, it kind of took away from what he would become. So in 1964, back then the trade deadline used to be June 15th, not July 31st. But in a headlining trade deadline deal, the uh, St. Louis Cardinals sent Ernie Broglio, Jack Spring, and Paul Toth to St. Louis in exchange for Bobby Shantz, Doug Clemens, and Lou Brock. At the you mean time, sent him to Chicago. Sent him to Chicago, and, yeah. and the Cardinals acquired Lou yeah. Brock. Excuse me. And at the time, it was considered a heist for the Chicago Cubs. Notably, not Ernie Banks. No, people. no, not that Ernie. Broglio had led the National League in wins four years earlier, and he'd won 18 games just the season before. And uh, Lou Brock at the time was hitting 262. Well, after the trade, Brock's career turned around significantly. The Cardinals, they were looking for a new star. Stan Musial, Stan the Man, had just retired the year before. And that second half of that 1964 season was the precursor for what Lou Brock's career would become. The uh, St. Louis Cardinals manager at the time, uh, he, Johnny Keene, he told Brock, hey, I know you want to hit home runs and steal bases, but I want you to concentrate on the latter, not the former. And Rock, Brock brought into that notion. He hit 348 with 33 steals the remainder of that 1964 season. And then in the 60s, so Ty Cobb was the greatest base stealer that baseball had ever seen. And yep. one of the only base stealers that baseball had ever seen. <laughs> right. The first you know half of the 20th century. And in the 60s, after, partially because of this influx of tremendous athletes after the integration of baseball, the desegregation of baseball, all of a sudden steals became this great thing because you have all these guys from Latin America, you have a lot of these African-American guys, all sorts of players that had great athleticism the game had never seen before. And the steal became, if you, if you ever watched the movie The Sandlot, those guys are all grown up in, in Los Angeles and the Dodgers had just come to Los Angeles, right? And the main character of The Sandlot, Benny the Jet, he idolizes Maury Wills. And the chase for the steal, Ty Cobb steals record of Maury Wills is a, is like the backs the in the background story of that mm-hmm. summer that the Sandlot kids are playing. Well, Maury Wills was the transcendent base stealer of the 1960s. He led the National League in steals six years in a row, including 74 steals in 1966. Well, then that following offseason, Johnny Keene said, "I want you to break Maury Wills' record," and the rest is history. Lou Brock went on to steal 938 bases, which was a record when he retired a lot of people thought would never be broken until a guy named Ricky Henderson showed up on the block and Ricky Henderson put it so far out there. That's truly Ricky Henderson's 1230 steals is truly a record. I think will never be broken to have six consecutive 100 steal seasons. It's unparalleled, but that's not to, to um, take away from what Lou Brock did. He was one of the godfathers of the art of the stolen base. And he absolutely was the bridge between the Stan Musial era in St. Louis and the great teams that the Cardinals had in the late 60s and early 70s. He led the league in steals eight times, first ballot Hall of Famer, two-time World Series champion, and uh, a guy that I think that, uh, particularly our good buddy Robert Chase, the biggest Cardinals fan we know, somebody I'm sure that he remembers with great reverence because he was absolutely the the face of the St. Louis Cardinals in the 60s and 70s. Um, The one guy I thought might give Ricky Henderson a run for his money on the steals was Randy Johnson, but he never never did. Never did go Randy ahead and Johnson track him down. Randy Johnson cannot run three consecutive steps. Ha, have, I, have I told you my Randy Johnson stolen base no, story? No, Randy Johnson 
by some by some absurd miracle is on first base. <laughs> okay? Because God only knows how the man made it to first base in the first place. I don't know what it, I don't know if it was a hit. I don't know if he got hit by a pitch. I don't know if I don't know what happened. Something weird happened. He made it to first. And there, this is just etched in my mind where he's standing on first and he's looking and he's getting the signal from third from the third base coach. And you can just see written on Randy Johnson's face just it's it's confusion mixed with hatred and disdain. And he he looks and he, the first pitch or whatever and he jumps back to, to, to first base and he looks back over at third at the third base coach and on the, the following pitch he gets the sign again and you just you, you can just see and now there's like you know I don't know I don't know how many out I guess it doesn't really matter well here comes the pitch and off goes Randy Johnson on an attempt to steal second base he is thrown out by, I don't know, seven, eight seconds. <laughs> I mean, Randy Johnson running looks like a tractor, right? I mean, just the <laughs> giant wheels as his legs swing up over his ears. Could you beat Randy Johnson in a race? Uh, you know, and this is such an indictment, it would be close. <laughs> anyway, he gets to second and everybody is just like, what is Randy Johnson doing trying to steal second? Well, the... The third base coach, you know, they, they have different sets of signs, you know, and, and if you're on the wrong set, you're signaling the wrong thing. And I don't know who was crossed up. It has to be the third base coach because the first base coach is sitting there as well. Anyway, he gets thrown out. He's just out. There was nothing about it. wasn't a hit and run. wasn't anything. And it was the most absurd fail of just we're going to send the last guy in the history of the sport that should probably be stealing a base two second they attempted to do it so tell new one is one of espn radio gotta nba me- we got to mention tom siever okay we did blue brack but man i see yes when you say okay that's the whole thing man i think that tom siever has one of the most misremembered legacies in the history of major league baseball tom siever and walter johnson are the only two pitchers in the history of major league baseball with more than 300 wins, more than 3,500 strikeouts, and an ERA under three. Tom Seaver was the opening day starter for a Major League Baseball team for 16 consecutive years. No one, not even Nolan Ryan, has done that. When he retired, Tom Seaver was in the top three all-time in, in wins and strikeouts, and he's the only guy that had an ERA of under three at that time. Tom Seaver is undeniably the greatest New York Met of all time. He won multiple Cy Young Awards with the New York Mets, and I would argue that his 1969 season stands alone as the greatest season of the um, – after they changed the mound, the Bob Gibson 1.12, yep. and then they went yep. back to the old mound. Yep. Tom Seaver's 1969 season is the greatest season of all time by a pitcher. He won the National League Cy Young that year. Twenty-five. He won 25 games. He finished runner-up in the MVP. But more importantly, he pitched the Miracle Mets to the 1969 World Series Championship, which – baseball historians will tell you, is absolutely the most unlikely run to the World Series ever. Why is Tom Seaver misremembered? Because baseball didn't have free agency until the mid to late 70s. Reggie Jackson and George Foster changed the game when they decided they were going to change teams. Well, in 1977, the Mets were still a good team, and they had that great core led by Tom Seaver, Dave Kingman, guys like that. Tom Seaver got in a huge pissing match with the New York Mets front office, at the time, the New York Daily News was absolutely the top of 
sports commentary, and they often went really, really hard at the New York franchises, particularly the Mets. Because, you know, we know in that part of the world, man, like... There's no tact. There's no tact. And the the negative headlines sell papers in the mm-hmm. Bronx, man. They just do. Like it, hate it. It's just the way that it goes. But the Dick Young, who's a famous columnist for the New York Daily News, he kept writing all of these columns about Seaver's greedy demands. So Tom Seaver got cast as this greedy guy, and they could never get a contract extension for him. All Tom Seaver wanted to do was make more money than Nolan Ryan. At the time, it seemed justifiable, even though Nolan Ryan probably had a little bit more star power. Tom Seaver's better pitcher. Well, then in what is famously now dubbed as the Midnight Massacre, the New York Mets decimated their entire team. They they sent every, they traded everybody, including trading Tom Seaver to the Cincinnati Reds. And because of that, he just was never remembered in the fashion that I think he deserved to be remembered. He still had good success with the Mets and the White Sox, and because he, he went back to the Mets in 1983. But played for the White Sox, played for the Red Sox, but no, no time like when he played for the Mets. But I think that the, although maybe in the New York lexicon and within um, the greater baseball fan public, sometimes he's forgotten. He was not forgotten when it came to the Hall of Fame. And I think that's the number one thing that's worth noting about Tom Seaver. He appeared on more ballots as a first-team Hall of Famer than any player in the history of baseball, and to me, that's how we—that's uh, how he should be remembered. I, I truly think that he is, all things considered, the greatest right-handed pitcher of the last fifty years. Okay, all I'm going to say about Tom Seaver is this: by the way, Tom Seaver again—he he passed up about a week ago, August thirty-first. Is that what it was? Yeah. August thirty-first. But we kind of glossed over that. We must have been in the midst of something because th- this was definitely something I would have wanted to talk about. But uh, when you say he's misremembered and so on and so forth, for people who are baseball mm-hmm. pe- baseball people who are mm-hmm. into this mm-hmm. stuff and mm-hmm. understand all the things mm-hmm. that you just kind of went over, mm-hmm. that's all well and good. If you would have asked me what I thought about Tom Seaver, I would have had none of that. I would have only had one of the greatest pitchers in the history well, of baseball. You that, know, I don't good. have the numbers. I don't have all sure. that. My my psyche of Tom Seaver is the the is Tom terrific, right? Is this guy who's just no just as as gas as you can possibly be. Well, I, I'm I'm glad because I, I guess maybe I'm just that's a reflection of my own self. Because if you would have asked well, me, well, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's more broadly held for people I, that are into it that they have this, you know. Yeah, I, I guess the, a for, the, the forgotten part or whatever it might forgotten be. Forgotten isn't the right word. He's just not one of the cliche answers when you are when you're asked who are the greatest pitchers ever. But he should be. Well, and you know what I think is crazy. I think that. That Nolan Ryan is sometimes glossed over yeah, in no, that. Nolan Ryan is different though because he has he has unapproachable statistics, but it's also because his statistics were you can't say inflated. They are just so much. They're, they're so much more. Um, they they have so much more girth because he pitched for twenty seven years. Forever. Sutel Nuanas one hundred two nine ESPN Radio. Quick update. First of all, Giannis out for Game Five, and the Bucks are up in Game Five. They won in overtime, right, in game four and fought their way. They're down 3-0. Now they're down 3-1. They are up 28-19 at the end of the first quarter against the Miami Heat, held the uh, Heat to just 19 points in that first period. Obviously, it's a very, very, very long road to hoe. In fact, if I may say, it has never been hoed in the uh, NBA, a 3 deficit that a team came back and won. It's only happened four times in the history of, of team sports, North American team sports, three times the NHL, and obviously the Red Sox did it. So 
that is uh, where they're at. But if they get this win, if they can, you know, maybe then they can get Giannis back. And they, I mean, they win this game. I think it, 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 the seed of doubt is certainly planted into the Miami Heat if they're able to win a game five without Giannis on the team. Now, we can do the, hey, they're all of a sudden better without Giannis thing. No. I'm not doing that. It, 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 I listened to a great podcast about all the different scenarios that could go into Giannis Antetokounmpo and his future with or without the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. And people that like the Bucks or that want the NBA to return to a more um, – uh, want, want, want the NBA to go away from super teams and back to way more spread out talent. I mean, back to what? The 70s? Well, yeah, I, right, back to win. Exactly. That's like I always say. The super teams have been a thing since the 60s. Yeah, I mean, I mean Bill Russell had... <laughs> Here's the thing. There's only five players. If you go to the NBA Finals, you are a super team by definition. Right. Now, you can say you can be angry that multiple teams win, like seem to win in a row. Sure. Right? Okay. But it doesn't happen. That's the thing. People need to get over the narrative because not even Miami, the Miami Heat super team that everybody hates, the, the, the Boston Celtics super team, they, the, the, I mean, the, the Lakers with Carl Malone and Gary Payton didn't win it. The Celtics with Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, they only won one. The yep. Heat with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch and LeBron James, they only won two. It, it, even the, the greatest super team ever with the Golden State Warriors, they still didn't win every single time. They still lost multiple finals, so All right. that's how hard it is to win. This is the most pivotal game in, in the Milwaukee Bucks franchise history since the 1970s. They have to win it. If they lose it with Antetokounmpo sitting on the bench, it just opens the door wide open for him to want to leave. Yeah, I don't know. It. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't buy it. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying in virtue of them losing a game five that he's not playing in, I don't see that that all of a sudden is the tipping scale. You want to know the most interesting part about following what is going to be the most unique free agent saga in the last 20 years in the NBA? And I say most unique. That's the word I'm emphasizing. The Giannis Antetokounmpo free agent saga is going to be so unique compared to every other free agent saga. You want to know why? Do tell. He's not American. He didn't grow up in the AAU culture. He doesn't have this entourage that leaks information to the media. We've heard from the camps of the top 25 players in the league over the last 10 to 15 years. Guys leaking stuff. Where's LeBron going to go? Who makes who happy? Who hates this coach? Who doesn't like this executive? The drama, the drama, the drama. It's what we love about the NBA. It's what makes it so compelling. We're always hearing about what James Harden might be doing, what he thinks of these guys, what Russell Westbrook, what Kevin Durant, they all have these handlers and these people that talk for them. By all accounts, Giannis Antetokounmpo has none of that. There's no narrative about what Giannis thinks of the Bucks front office. There's no narrative of what he thinks of Coach Bud. There's no narrative of what he thinks of his teammates. I think it's awesome. And that's also why I can't sit here you can't and go speculate. that this game is going to be... 100%. 100%. Like, okay. We can sit there and speculate as... For forever, like over Joel Embiid and the and Ben Simmons and the Sixers, because there were so many leaks coming out of that camp. These guys don't want to play for Brett Brown. These guys don't like each other. There's all this noise. There's none of that noise, and that's why it's so compelling. The season might, like you said, that the day might lose tonight, be swept. The season might be over, and Antetokounmpo might sign a max deal tomorrow, mm-hmm. or he might come out in the media and say, "I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. I'm going to go play in L.A. with my brother, or I'm going to go play in Golden State, or whatever it might be." 
That's why I think it's distinctly unique, though, because we can sit here as talking heads like all the people across the country do and pontificate and predict and all of that. Nobody knows anything when it comes to Greek Freak. That's the best part about the story. Stu Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. A uh, couple quick notes before we get into our Pepsi Youth Sports segment, which will bring you some stuff that's going on at the Y. You want to get your kids outside playing some sports here in this fall. We'll tell you what's going on there. But uh, Coulter, first of all, Dustin Johnson won the Tour Championship. I'm not going to spend a bunch of time breaking this down or whatever. He's been the best player this season, hands down, and he was the best player this entire week and already staked to a lead because that's the way the Tour Championship works. Started at 10 under. Started at 10 under. I was really confused I think when John, I was trying to make John Rahm was 8 under yep. to start. Okay, so basically the better you do, the better lead you get. So if you're the worst in the field, you started even. But there's only 30 guys in it. But here's the thing that's most sort of notable. People don't follow this stuff, don't know. The, the average, the, the purse for an, a normal PGA tournament the total purse that gets paid out is usually like what, seven, eight million bucks. Yep. And it's like a million dollars to the winner, you know, four, three, three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand to second place, and so on. And they pay out, you know, whoever makes the cut, usually seventy or you know, roughly seventy, seventy-five guys. Okay. Between seven, you know, million dollars. Majors is like ten, eleven million dollars, maybe twelve in the purse. This tournament, the winner, Dustin Johnson. 15 million bucks to him. He has made $18,700,000 in the last month. Yeah, I mean, that's a good month. It was a good four days. Now, granted, the four days is representative of the greater whole, which is one reason the purse is so huge. But I, I just don't think, you know, you everybody thinks about the majors and winning the majors and the prestige that goes along with them, and for great reason, okay? And don't kid yourself, it's not exactly a bad payday. But there is no single weekend of playing golf where they put $15 million on the line to you. And to take second place, to take second place is like 10. Yep. $10 million loss. Okay, sorry. So right, you right, five right. to win. So <laughs> still the, make $5 million. The, I mean, $5 million, you know, okay, that's awesome. But the difference between first and second place is $10 million. It's an entire purse of money at any other tournament. So anyway, that's what it's worth. The last thing that I wanted to mention here, Monday Night Football last night, BYU Navy. Now, Gross. I love football, man, and I watch them, you know, I watch, I watch it all. football with no fans. I, I watch it all. It just kills me, man. But here's, here's I think you're going to be with me on this. I thought BYU Navy was going to be like a pretty good matchup. Like Navy's got a pretty nice program. I don't know what the final score was. I, all I know is like 55-3 with midway through the fourth quarter in favor of BYU. It's 38 nothing when I turned it off, so I turned it off. No fans. Two teams that are that are like they're, I don't want to say they're irrelevant, but they're they're you know they're sort of these marginal. Mm. They're they're neither team has a has a conference that they're. I mean I know Navy's in like what what are they in? 
but they've both been like independent schools. Yeah. They both have very unique, you know, they have their followings because you have the LDS with obvious with BYU. <laughs> then you have the the the, the midshipmen the, with the Navy, and they're old. They're they're very outside the mainstream of Division One college football. That's the way, way to say it. They're not irrelevant. They're actually that's right. They're the most relevant, not they're, good teams. They're very they're very they're relevant. Very to relevant. The, the, to the to the the people that follow them, the, the people that are involved in the schools and what they represent. But they're outside the mainstream. And all of a sudden, you have this showcase. And Kirk Herbstreet and Fowler are there doing the game. It's a big thing. There's nobody in the seats. Not one person. This isn't even like a 2,500-person thing. Nobody is in Annapolis at the game. It is an absolute and utter blowout. There is nothing to talk about. And this was an awful look for college football. This was worse than having no game whatsoever to put that thing on ESPN primetime television. Have it be the game be a dog. Have the entire environment environment be awful and all it did was remind us of all the worst things of what's going on right now that was your burn street bistro burn of the week it's gonna get better I don't I'm think excited it's gonna, about man. oh it is it is because the NFL is starting gonna, tomorrow oh, no, it's gonna get better Thursday. because of the NFL I I don't know man I I have 100% shifted my opinion on college football though I'm so glad that Montana, Montana State, and the Big Sky Conference are not playing, only because it was going to be required that you play in front of empty stadiums. And I I think that we all knew the cliche of the pageantry of college football and how important the fans are. It is just being, it is 100% being affirmed. No, let, with, let, these, with these stadiums empty. First of all, the stadiums haven't been empty. This is the first actually empty stadium that I've seen. Right. Well, I guess that there's been some fans allowed, but and it's not the same. No, it, it isn't the same, but the difference between none and some is gargantuan. Like to have sure. something like, you know, the cheer squad, the band sitting up there taking up a whole section, and then a handful of fans that you can hear yelling is a very different thing than just absolutely no one whatsoever. Also, it is going to be a very different thing when you have... You know, Alabama versus LSU. Sure. And you have Clemson versus Pitt, whatever, you know, the ACC, Notre Dame, Clemson. So that's going to be that there's going to be cachet there. And I am uh, I will look forward to watching those games, even without fans. It's not as good. There's no question about it. Hey, it's not as good in the NBA. It feels a little different, obviously, as a viewer with the thing. The NHL has been great. On the ice, it has not been great in the arena, even everything that they're doing there. So it's what it is. I'm still optimistic, but last night, not good. Sutel and Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. What are you doing with your kids when you talk about their athletics outside, inside sports coming up this fall? What's the why doing? They're going to help you out. We'll tell you all about it right after this. What do you think Dustin Johnson needs with all that money? A good bank? He needs a bank. Maybe he should try. Live from Trail West Bank. Think ATM with a personal touch. Friendly team member on video helps you bank your way. See how Live can make your busy life a little easier. Making deposits, withdrawals, transfer funds, and more. Go check out Live from Trail West Bank today. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot. Connect to more. 
back. Two Tell New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana. And it is time to help out you parents of children, such as myself, young kids in particular. Get them into sports, get them active, and we're all trying to, like, you know, recreate the right way and figure out times and schools and everything else that's going on well. YMCA is here to help you out. It is time for our youth sports segment. We do this once a month, Tuesdays. And it is brought to us by Pepsi Cola of Missoula. Pepsi Cola proudly supports youth athletics. And Coulter, the fall youth soccer registration has begun at the Y. Uh, they have pre-K through middle school. Okay, they're using modified rules designed to teach the fundamentals of skills in soccer. Okay, this isn't full on. Hey, parents out there, take it, dag, nab, easy, will you? Huh? Get yourself a green tea, no caffeine. Is that green tea, no caffeine? It yeah, is a little bit of caffeine. A little bit, but you know, something to relax yourself, something herbal, okay? Just take it easy. They're small children. Let them run around and kick the doggone ball. Anyway, you're going to teach your kids the fundamentals of soccer. Preschool and kindergarten league is one, and then they have uh, grades one through six, separated out by gender and by age. They also have rookie soccer. You got little, little ones, three to five years old. This is the best, man. When you watch a three-year-old, that's the ball is the size of the kids up to his waist. You know what I mean? It goes and tries to kick that thing, falls over. It looks like the bear at the circus riding around on the ball. Anyway, weekly classes introducing your children to the sport of soccer, fundamental skills and skill developments as they get older, of course. Online, you go to ymcamissoula.org. It's ymcamissoula.org, or you can call the Y, 721 what is it, 9621? we got to check the number on that. 721-9621, yep. 21, okay. So, Missoula.org, uh, YMCAMissoula.org to register for classes and find out more. But they're going to do this thing. They have been working with the... 721-9622. 22. Okay, thank you, Coulter. 721-9622. And online. I mean, I'm doing it online anyway, you know. YMCAMissoula.org. Um, but they are working with the health department, again, to create, you know, a safe way to go about having you know the kids play soccer and it's outdoor what better thing than being outside uh anyways beautiful time of year to be outside and uh, they will set you up and make sure your kids have a great time so you go to the y get them set up right now from three years of age all the way through sixth grade for soccer right now so it's a great time to do that so youth sports segment is brought to us by pepsi cola of missoula again pepsi cola of missoula proudly supporting youth athletics around the city tease for uh later this week as well okay. as the rest of the fall yes mike dugar from the athletic is back in to do 12 for the 12 so Love we it. are the official affiliate of the seattle seahawks yes we are we'll game number playing, one on uh, sunday number one game on sunday mike dugar falcons seahawks sunday. mike dugar great writer covers the seattle seahawks for the uh for the athletic and uh He's, his podcast is awesome. Love listening to it. He's got great commentary on not just the Seahawks, but the NFL at large. Yep. Uh, I, I'm actually proud of him for the way he's just diversified his knowledge because he was definitely a Seahawks insider from day one. But I would say he's an NFL insider now, particularly the NFC West. He's very, very, very sharp yep. when it comes to the NFC West. Yep. So we love having him on. I know that there's a lot of people that listen to our airwaves that are huge Seahawks fans. There's also a lot of people that are huge Seahawks haters. This segment's 12-minute segment. It's for the 12s. 
the Seahawks fans, but we also try to make it about the NFL at large and talk to Mike about a lot of wide-ranging things. But we're happy to have him back on board. Mike's a guy that we've crossed paths with in our careers quite quite a few times. He used to cover the University of Idaho. That's when I first got to know him. But he's been very gracious with his time. And uh, if you get a chance, if you like the NFL, Seahawks or otherwise, get yourself a subscription to The Athletic because it is a, it's a sweet website with a ton of content. I subscribe and I love everything I get off of there from the NBA to the NFL and on down the line, college football, whatever you like, they can cater it for you. They yeah. got a beat writer for you. So uh, excited to have Mike Dugar back in the fold uh, this fall of 12 for the 12. Um, yeah. It's a good segue too, because the, the Seahawks in general uh, to have them uh, be on our air is great all season long. And like you said, the official uh, uh, affiliate of the Seattle Seahawks in Western Montana here on ESPN radio. And we will be doing 12 for the 12s. We'll also be doing a Seahawks preview uh, each week uh, with an NFL preview as well, but pumped up about it. And during the course of a season, always, there's teams that are better than you thought they were going to be and teams that are worse than you thought they were going to be. But on the front end of this thing, this is not close. Not close. The NFC West is the best division in the NFL. You talk top to bottom, all four teams, period. It's the best division in football. You No, no, no. You tell me. Tell me who. Tell me what division. That's because there ain't one. No, honestly, it depends on how you gauge what makes the division the best division. I do agree it's the only division in the league that has four. uh, See, here's the thing. I'm still not sold that the Cardinals are going to be good. I think they have a chance. I'm also still not sold the Rams are going to be good. Let me ask you this. I think they have a chance, too. Who's going to be the fourth team in that division out of the four? The, the, The NFC West? Yes. Not the Niners. Not the Niners? That's all. Okay. It's probably going to be the Cardinals. Like, I think the Cardinals have a very... If if I was going to pick the order, I would say San Francisco, Seattle are your top two, and L.A. and the Cardinals are your bottom two. I think the Cardinals probably end up finishing the fourth out of the four. But here's what I'm going to say. Show me the fourth best team in every other division, and then let them play the Cardinals and tell me what happens. Okay, if that's how you're gauging it, it is the best division of football. Okay. Well, I mean, how else are you going to gauge it? If you, How many teams in the division do you have that can win the Super Bowl? Three? No. Yep. No. The Rams could not win the Super Bowl this year. They cannot and will not win the Super Bowl. There's no chance. Well, there is a chance. They were in the Super Bowl two years they're ago. Not, but they're not. They're, they're a far cry from that, man. Okay, so you show me a, another division that's got three teams that can do it to say nothing of two. I mean, you're giving me the Seahawks and the 49ers. I, I think, that the, Vikings, just I think the Vikings and the Seahawks have the same chance of winning the Super Bowl. Very slim, but not none. And I think that the Packers are uh, probably, I would put them fifth or sixth amongst my Super Bowl favorites. I have the Niners as my Super Bowl favorite, so therefore the, the Niners are better than those teams. But I think that I think there's only eight teams you could even talk me into having the realm of possibilities of winning the Super Bowl, and I think that only one of them is in the NFC West. No. And two of them are in the NFC North. You, that, that, is, that is absolutely absurd. And also... You still got the Bears and Lions in the NFC North, sure. and we're talking about divisions. Yeah. So, okay. If you have two teams that could win the Super Bowl, though, or even go to the Conference Championship game, I think that that holds weight. If you give me the NFC North, the best team out of the eight is in the West. The second, the third and fourth best teams are in the West. No. And, yes, you they, know they are. You want to know what, why this is not the, an argument? The Vikings are the fifth best team out of those out of those two divisions. Not even close. The fifth. Vikings are so much better than the Rams and the Cardinals. You want to know why your vision is clouded on this and you, it's impossible to have a conversation with you on this? 
two things. Your bias against the Vikings is insane, but you want to know your biggest it's false. You want to know your worst take in all of the NFL? The whole thing. The quality of your team, the Green Bay Packers. You think they're way worse than they are. No, no, no. I, I mean, they're the best team in the NFC North, but they're not better than the 49ers. They're not. No. But they're better than everybody else in the NFC. I'm taking the in Packers. The NFC. No, 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 no. Uh-huh, no, uh-huh, no, no, uh-huh, no chance. Uh-huh. The Saints are better. The Okay, I agree. Okay, well, that's okay. it, though. Mm, no, See, I gotta, I here's go where you're flawed, man. You think the Seahawks are better than the Packers, and that's not true. No, I, I think they're, I think they're, I think they're. You think the Seahawks are better than the Vikings too? That's not true either. The Seahawks and the Packers are better than the Vikings. The Seahawks and Packers are about equal. No. Yep. And the and the Vikings are easily the fifth best team <laughs> out of those eight. It's two tell Nuanas. You're muted. One hundred two nine ESPN Radio. Good to be with you on a very nice Tuesday. We'll take a quick break on the other side. NBA game in progress right now. Got another game coming up tonight. Houston LA Lakers right here on ESPN Radio for you. We'll uh, take a look at both of those, both in real time for the Bucks Heat game five, and also a little preview of the Lakers Houston Rockets in that series at a game apiece. Boys and girls, we had a kind of a tough weather day yesterday, right? Some wind came through, some rain. It was cold. Maybe it was a nice change of pace. But guess what? We're right back into summer. Sunny, going to be back to 80s all week on through the weekend. Get into Curse Polaris. Curse Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. The weather is warming up, and it is warming back up for a very nice summery weekend. Going to be back on the lake myself. Thank you very much. No better way to be on the lake than in a Crest Pontoon boat. They got them at Curse Polaris. You want to get out in the mountains, higher elevations. Maybe you want to scout. Starting to get into hunting season. Get yourself a side-by-side. Razor, Ranger, General. They got them all at Kurtz Polaris. And then, of course, their two-wheel variety as well. Beta and Husqvarna dirt bikes for you. All the accessories for safety, for looks, for warmth. They got them there. Apparel, all everything you need online. Also at KurtzPolaris.com. Check out the entire inventory of machines. Various options that you need to do everything the right way this summer. Summer the way you always envisioned at Kurtz Polaris. Again, online at KurtzPolaris.com. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. Okay, quick audible. It's two telling new one is one or two ninety SPN radio, SWX Montana Television. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Uh, if you uh, missed anything in the show, you go ahead and check it out on the podcast. The podcast available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. The podcast is there thanks to our friends at Blackfoot Communications. 429 left in the first half. Miami has swung this thing all the way around. They now have an eight-point lead, 45-37 over the Milwaukee Bucks. If the Bucks lose, they are out. And by the way, 
in case you're just joining us, Giannis Antetokounmpo is out of this game with the ankle injury that he suffered in Game 4. We will have the Lakers Heat game, excuse me, Lakers Rockets game for you. Uh, coming up, broadcast starts at 6.30, opening tip at 7 o'clock uh, for you here on ESPN Radio. Okay, officially now halftime, 52-46, so a six-point game at the half in favor of the Miami Heat. Uh, lots of feedback in our last segment because of the asinine perspective of everybody but me. <laughs> name name five Seattle Seahawks defensive linemen. Do they even have five? That you it, in a in a three four even if it's a four three why do I have to name five okay, defensive name linemen? Any of them? Who cares? What do you mean? Who cares? In that division, you got to have D linemen to win games. No, you don't. Yes, they didn't last year, and what? they they still they Dude, still got it done. The Russ Magic is gonna run out, man. No, it's. Are you kidding me? I, dude, you you use words like magic to compensate for talent. The, the the Seattle Seahawks have one of the three best coaches in the league and one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. I will fully give them that. Okay. Well, then what else do you want? In if you if you believe the premise that you stated that started this argument, you need a lot more than that to win that division. You need a lot more than that to even get out of that Pete division. Pete Carroll, in the playoffs. Mike Zimmer, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson. Say no more. Say no more. The Vikings, they are so much better they play than Minnesota. This year? I think they do play this year. Okay. Well, we'll find out. We'll have it for you on ESPN Radio. Here's the order. Minnesota, NFC North Minnesota teams. Sunday Night Football, October 11th. I bet you 50 bucks the Vikings win. First of right all. Right now. We're 50 gonna, bucks. Now, that's the dumbest thing in the world. They'd say, okay, Why? because it's a month away and we have no idea who's even going to be available in that game. Where's it being played? Minnesota. No, uh, you're you're. No, oh, no, actually, that's not true. It's it's in Seattle. I mean, it doesn't matter where it is because there's nobody going to be there. But the point is, <laughs> good point is it, 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 is that if you rank the NFC West and North in order, it goes like this: San Francisco one, Green Bay two, Seattle three, Minnesota three, the LA Rams four, oh. the Arizona Cardinals five, and then the Minnesota Vikings followed by whoever else is in the North. Dude, you're crazy. I'll, I will bet you, I'll bet you right now that the Vikings are, uh, what, what do you want? I'll bet you right now, win totals, Vikings versus no, no, Cardinals no. versus Rams. Here's the thing. we I talked about this already. None of the teams in the NFC West are going to go out there and have 13 or 14 wins because they have to play each other. You better be 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh in your own division against the Rams, or excuse me, against the Bears and the Lions. So you are you are so far ahead on win total stuff. That is a flawed stat. It is nothing. It's all about head to head. Seahawks are going to beat the Vikings, and I don't know if it's going to be close. Where are you? Oh man, I Seahawks are not going to beat the Vikings. First, they, of all. They, for mark it, mark this piece of audio, Reese. Okay, because we're going to come back to this on like October the 9th in that Friday show before this game. We'll see where the health levels Seahawks are at of these don't two have teams. any dudes left on defense, man. Oh, Besides just, just Jamal Wagner. Adams, just the best safety in the game, and Bobby Wagner, maybe the I, best I linebacker in the game. Just those two a... no-name players. What could they do with that group? Bro, do you watch the NFL? You've got to have a defensive line to be good. The Vikings don't. The Vikings... It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom bobcat sitka gear at the msu bookstore you can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org or of course you can check out the msu bookstore live and in person there on the montana state campus they also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the msu bookstore they have an awesome american indian council selection as well 
Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.